It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN2, the great ESPN app. Sirius XM 80 and all the great ESPN stations across the country. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And you know, when we think about our Wednesday shows, we always think, okay, well, college football playoff, rankings come out. Last night they did, new number one, Georgia number one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, Florida State four. Well, that's where you go right away. Unless you have a fight in the NBA when the score last night was 0-0 between the Timberwolves and the Warriors. Morning, everyone. Good morning. Don't bury the lead, though. I mean, ESPN bet play of the night. I mean, I had the, the Lakers <laughs> laying four and a half, and we came through. Don't my, bury my, the my, lead. My, my boys came through for me. All right. Yeah, but things got a little spicy in that game, too. Anthony Davis and Aldama mixing it up a little bit. AD pushing them to the ground. You got Draymond putting folks in headlocks. Rudy Gobert saying Draymond don't want to play with Steph Curry. Man, man it is awesome. It is awesome to have that type of intensity on an early November NBA game. Isn't this what we love about the NBA, though? The drama and the excitement and the fact that we're getting it early in the season and in the in-season tournament, I think is great for the league. It's great for the NBA and it's great for us. Yeah, it was interesting last night because all of a sudden, now reminder, Steph's not playing in this right. game. He's out with an injury. Yep. So Jaden McDaniels, who just got a big contract this offseason, and Clay Thompson, literally with the score 0-0, get tangled. We're showing it on ESPN2. They're like kind of pushing each other, throwing each other. Then Gobert gets in to break it up. And Draymond, which, you know, you can say a lot of negative things about Draymond. I happen to love Draymond. He had his teammates back. He went in there and he he made sure that nobody was touching Clay, who was the most respected love warrior, even more so in some cases than Steph. So I got no issue with that, honestly. I got an issue with somebody putting a player in a chokehold, though. Oh, That's okay, out of that pocket. Part, yes, That's sure. out of pocket. You, you can't put somebody in a chokehold. That's dangerous anytime you're grabbing somebody by the neck. You can't do stuff like that. But listening to Steve Kerr postgame, I just thought that the Warriors head coach sounded ridiculous. Saying that, yeah, Clay was just trying to run down court and Jaden Daniels, he was the one that was instigating it. No, he wasn't. If you watch the whole sequence of that play, Clay and Jaden Daniels are going at it back and forth. Like, that's what happens in the NBA. It got physical, and I thought the appropriate measures were taken with both of those players being thrown out as, as uh, along with Draymond Green. But this was a situation that escalated that didn't need to. And I get it. It's intense, and that's what we want. We want that competition. But there is a line that sometimes gets crossed, and, and last night was an example of that line being crossed. I don't think it should ever – you know, devolve into a situation where you're talking about one player grabbing another guy by the neck. But if I told you prior this is going to happen, is that one player you would pick to be in the mix and doing it, Draymond Green? Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> you know of course. And doing it to the yeah. player he did it to. Exactly. Because for whatever reason, and I don't know the, all the reasons behind this, 
Rudy Gobert is not loved by the fellow players in the NBA. Like, well, he, it's because he gave Donovan Mitchell COVID while he was joking around in well, the locker room. But even before that, yeah. even before that, honestly, even before that. Now, that was a horrible situation. It was obviously. awful. Yeah, awful. But I'm saying even before that, he's just not loved by the NBA players, and Draymond just went at him in that spot. Now, the level of intensity we're talking about here in this game, we're talking about the level of intensity in the Lakers game with the um, AD stuff. And we're not encouraging fighting. But what we are saying is there may be a heightened level of intensity. And what night was last night? Tuesday night? Yeah. And what do they have on Tuesdays the and Fridays? The season tournament, That's baby. Right. So is it working? Absolutely. It's already a success. That's what you want. You want this level of competition. You want this level of feistiness. And the one thing that you, you kind of take a step back and think about is it's easier for a player to dial it up once or twice a week as opposed to having that same level of intensity three or four times a week. And so I think that's where the NBA got it right in terms of being able to have these, you know, highlight games with the platform of the in-season tournament where guys are, are going to be a little more intense. And listening to some of the commentary around the players from the league, that half a million dollars that's being dangled out there for the winner of the in-season tournament, that matters for guys. That's half a million more bucks than anybody has in their salary or their current contract. And players – Players are going to respond to that opportunity, and that's what we're seeing. So if, if the NBA's goal with the in-season tournament was to, in order to create more emphasis on the regular season and create more must-watch television in the early part of the reg season, regular season, then it's mission accomplished. I know that that was their intention. I didn't know if they were going to be able to execute it. I yeah. just didn't know if these guys were going to view what was being dangled in front of them as enough to really care. And whether that is, I'll tell you what, if – you're having situations like this where you're having altercations with the other team, mm-hmm. and afterwards they're calling Rudy Gobert saying Draymond has clown behavior. I mean, all of a sudden, even if it wasn't the money that got them into it, they're into it now. Yeah, but I thought what Rudy said was pretty <laughs> Every time that Steph doesn't play, he doesn't want to play without his guy. <laughs> so he does anything he can to get ejected. Like I don't blame him, by the way. If that's actually true— if I was Steph's teammate, I wouldn't want to play without Steph. He's the most fun player in the yeah, league but to you, play but, with. But you still got other no, you got teammates. A and you got a responsibility yeah. to here's, the organization. Here's why the tournament is, is working. Listen to the players we're talking about getting into it. They're players that we don't need to give any context or description. The masses know who Draymond is. The masses know who Clay is. And the masses know Anthony Davis. Now, I'm not sitting here saying everybody knows Jaden McDaniels or Santi, Ald- Santi Aldama, right? Those are players on the Timberwolves and, and Grizzlies, respectively. But we're talking about the highest level of players. I know for me as a Heat fan, watching that game last night, Jimmy Butler plays in the biggest of moments. Mm. Last night, he scores 30-plus for the Miami Heat, right? And and I don't know what he did in the previous few games for them, even though they're winning. Not much. But, right. <laughs> but he doesn't have to, right? Yeah. And so in that moment, last, hey, let's like let's win. Let's be undefeated in this spot. Like they're, they're taking it seriously. The other theme that I've seen from people around the, the play-in, not the play-in, the in-season, are the courts. Yeah. They're very distracting. Yeah. But it, but it is smart marketing because you know when you see the court, it's a it's an in season tournament game because they only use it on Tuesdays and Fridays. To me, it looks like a high school volleyball court. Yeah, it's way too yeah. loud, man. Like you don't it's, know where the it's way too loud. With, really the, loud with the Lakers game or OKC and the Spurs, it was just way too loud. I thought with Golden State it was fine because the biggest difference in the court was what you had in the middle of it. Did you see the Hornets one? Uh, I can't, we gotta I just, find it, it on the it TV hurts, side. It hurts my I'm, eyes, I'm man. Telling it, you're it, busy. It, you're it hurts your eyes. I just, I just can't do it. Like I like I understand why they're doing it because they want to they want to draw attention to it. It makes sense, right? But it's just way 
too much. It's a lot. It way, it's way, but listen, the players are leaning into it. You saw LeBron pregame going out there in his mode, loving the court and loving what they're doing. Like I, The players appreciate something to break up the monotony, and that's what the in-season tournament does for the regular season as a whole. It breaks up the monotony. It, it, we got it the Hornets bring, one on ESPN It brings too, attention to – uh, a regular season game that otherwise would be nondescript, right? Something Absolutely. that's happening on a Tuesday, something that's happening on a Friday. You know, not necessarily everybody's checking for that, but if you have this type of intensity and now with players mixing it up and getting into it, and not just any players, but star players, then all of a sudden it becomes a little more must-watch television, becomes appointment television. Hey, I want to see what's happening in the in-season tournament because these dudes are trying to get after it for this cash. No Absolutely. All right, the other thing from last night, and we are on Sportsman like here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2 as well. College football playoff rankings yeah. come out last night. i got to be honest, I was surprised because I thought Washington was going to find their way into the top four. They did not. And dumb me, I never thought about the flip-flop at one and two. I was so focused on where Michigan would be relative to Harbaugh. And if that four or five would change, I never thought about one and two. And we got a flip-flop in one and two, guys. So you thought Michigan was going to fall down? You no, thought I thought they were going to go slide? up. So I, thought, thought, okay. gonna go up. I thought they were going to go up. Yeah, I thought they were going to create the stri- trauma. Still the strength of schedule with Ohio State and Georgia, though. I don't, I don't know that they were going to leapfrog either one of those teams. But certainly, I mean, in two weeks, Michigan is going to have an opportunity because they have the game against Ohio State. So we'll see how that all shakes out. The biggest change to me was Louisville being in the top ten. Because now all of a sudden it's setting up for that ACC championship game between Florida State and Louisville if the two remain undefeated to that point. And then all of a sudden Florida State has an opportunity to be firmly entrenched in the top four. So if they run the table, regardless of what Washington or Oregon does – Florida State is going to be in the college football playoff, and deservedly so. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Evan. I thought that Michigan would move up, but I, I love that there was some movement because I love that Michigan and Ohio State are right next to one another. That, just to me, increases the drama. Obviously, the committee knows that that's part of this. They know that this is entertainment, that this is a television show, that this is designed to get people talking, but... If you're Ohio State and Michigan is right over your shoulder or you're Michigan and that's part of your rallying cry is not only is the world against us, but look, our, our big rival is right ahead of us and we're going to be able to have the opportunity to jump them if we continue to push forward and beat them to close out the, the regular season. I just think it adds to that intensity in an already intense and combustible rivalry. Let's play out the Michigan-Ohio State game in two weeks, just for argument's sake. Let's say it's 31-28. I'm not even going to tell you the winner, but it's a three-point game. Is the loser automatically out? Do we think the loser is automatically out of the top four? Let's say Georgia yes. So yes. Georgia wins the SEC. They yes. beat Alabama in the ch- title They're game. Be in. Yes. FSU now, good point by UCC on the – now they have a good win if Louisville stays in there, no right? Doubt. So that, that knock can't be in there. Yeah. So they're rooting hard for Louisville. They have, no doubt. FSU yeah. has to root hard for Louisville. No so FSU has that win, and then let's say Washington wins out. So that's it. Those are our four undefeated and the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game out regardless. Yes. Interesting. So an already must-see television program and a must-see game is going to have that much more weight on Potentially it. Potentially without Jim Harbaugh. Potentially do, do without we, Jim do we Harbaugh. Think, wow. Let's use the 31-28 just as an arbitrary number. Do we think Georgia could survive a 31-28 loss to Alabama and still be in? I don't know. I, I don't know just because of the strength of all of those teams behind them. I mean, if Washington remains undefeated, Florida State remains undefeated, I don't know. I mean, even if Georgia, like if Georgia gets knocked out in the conference championship game – I don't know, because of the strength of schedule for Washington and all of the teams that they would have beaten. And look at the I mean, they still have another top 15 opponent on their schedule with Oregon State. So, I mean, just with all of those opponents that they have beaten, I have a hard time keeping them out of the playoffs. So, yeah, I think they, 
they ultimately end up in the Final Four and Georgia's on the outside looking in. And it's interesting because Alabama could be the one that gets in, right? Because if Alabama gets the win against Georgia... And they've already got the win against Texas. And the Ohio State-Michigan loser is out in that scenario, right? And Florida State's in because now we have a good win with Louisville. Washington stays in. That fourth spot is between Georgia and Alabama. No doubt. Then you have to pick Georgia over Alabama coming off of a loss to Alabama the week prior. They won't be able to do that. that. They can't do that. Yeah. And that's where this gets really juicy because you know that... The loser of Michigan Ohio State is out. You also know that if somehow, some way, other teams lose, lose and Michigan Ohio State are both in, they're not going to play each other. They're yeah. not going to put them in back to back games against each other. They're going to make them play in a championship if they were to go there. So, I mean, in that scenario, does Texas get in? Oregon is ahead of them. Alabama's behind them. What if Louisville? All, I mean, if, now you're all you brought up Louisville. What if Louisville beats Florida State? The, um, I mean, now they're it, in the mix, it, right? It, it, yeah. it could get wonky down the stretch. This, this thing over the next three weeks could get crazy. Because yeah, I, mean, I, I think because it's not going to hold serve. We know that the two and three are ultimately going on a collision course. Yeah. So we know that's going to happen. But also, when you start talking about Georgia and Alabama SEC championship game, Nick Saban versus Kirby Smart. I mean, I just with the way that Jalen Milrow is playing and knowing how good that defense of Bama is. Like this is a different Bama they team now themselves. than it was in September and early October. So here's the question, quickly for you guys, because I've I've always wondered this: when you look at a team's loss. Or win or wins earlier in the season. Do you look at it at the time they played them or where they are now? In other words, Texas's loss was to Oklahoma. At the time they played them, Oklahoma was twelfth. Oklahoma was a really good team. Now they're not as good. I still think that's a good loss. I don't care where they are now because in the moment that was a big game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no that, doubt, no doubt. That's, that's how I look at. It. Is that the way you guys look at it? Absolutely, because there's attrition over the season. The, the team could have dealt with injuries. There's a lot of circumstances as to why. Um, a win may look differently as the season goes on if that team slips off. So I always look at what were they in that moment. Well, that's why there's a committee, right, and yeah. not a computer making the decision on who the final four teams are, right? Because if, if it was just about the numbers and it was about analytics and just, you know, okay, strength of schedule and all of those different things, then that's that's all that would be factored. But you got people in the room to actually give it color, to give some context to what the resume actually is and when people play them. So I think that – that ultimately is a deciding factor in terms of who the final four teams are, who the best teams are at that given point in the college football season. Fights in the NBA. Georgia is now a number one again in college football. Plus, coming up, did one head coach in the NFL voluntarily put himself on the hot seat yesterday? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again 
by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Javante Lawrence, one of our producers, I'm going to give him credit for this. He mentioned in our ears, boy, we had to put Christine Lisi in there. Is that fair? Uh, she is a diehard Buffalo Bills fan. And in that soundbite coming back, okay, if we have Greeny in there, fine. If we have Sean McDermott in there, the head coach, fine. But did we have to do that to Christine Lisi? It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. Did Sean McDermott put himself on the hot seat squarely yesterday? We, uh, we speculated about all of this, Smalls, the idea that yeah. if – Theoretically, they don't make the playoffs. If theoretically they underachieve in the playoffs, could he be on the hot seat? Well, yesterday he fired his offensive coordinator, and um, now all attention is on him. Yeah, this was them boarding the panic bus, no? Mm. I mean, we used to do this at our great ESPN affiliate in St. Louis, 101 ESPN, where we would identify teams that have gotten on the panic bus. And usually once you get on the panic bus, there's no getting off. <laughs> Was it speed? It's Keanu Reeves kind of. and Sandra Bullock. That's what it is? Never saw it, but I hope they – I know. Don't I, – I just have not seen a lot of movies. No, that's you, not like a classic, you, ain't, you ain't missing but... too much, Smalls. Okay, You're good. You're good. But, yes, I imagine. I've seen clips from it that right. that is what it's like to get on the panic bus. Don't you feel like the Buffalo Bills are on the speed bus right now, white-knuckling it, trying to figure out a way to get off? Yeah. And by firing, your, by firing Ken Dorsey, do you really think that that is going to be something that's going to turn the tide probably, on the season? Probably not because, I mean, you have the fourth – Toughest remaining strength of schedule. I, I just I don't I don't see how Ken Dorsey is to blame for the Buffalo Bills having twelve men on the field when the Broncos attempted the the first attempt on the go ahead field goal and Will Lust actually missed it. If you didn't have twelve men on the field, you would have won the damn game. Was that his call? That wasn't his <laughs> call. I mean, I, I, it wasn't his call. It wasn't Ken Dorsey's call to go with the zero blitz on third and ten. Broncos had no timeouts. And you're talking about a situation where Teron Johnson gets a defensive pass interference. That wasn't Ken Dorsey's call. That was Sean McDermott's call. But, again, I, I happen to co-sign and agree with what Mike Greenberg said, and you heard it on the, the clip that we played on the rejoin. This is a scapegoat move. Like, they're, they're trying to get away with firing the lowest person on the run that they can get away with, and somebody had to get clipped. The fan-based ownership wanted their pound of flesh, and they got rid of Ken Dorsey. The only question that I would have is, who called the cold red on Ken Dorsey? Was this Sean McDermott? Was this Josh Allen? Or a combination of the two? Because if you listen to what Josh Allen said in talking about the urgency that's, that's, that's needed moving forward, it didn't sound all that broken up about Ken Dorsey getting fired. And so I just wonder... Who's behind what's happening right now? Is this a last gasp for Sean McDermott? Or is this Josh Allen saying, hey, let's push this guy to the forefront, get him out of here, because I don't like what he's done with me over the past two years in the absence of Brian Dayball? Or it could be Josh Allen wanting to use somebody else as an excuse as to why he continues to turn the ball over and why he looks like a different version of himself. Whether it's Josh Allen having Ken Dorsey be the scapegoat or Sean McDermott, either way, he's taking the fall for the lack of success and the lack of continuity that we've seen from the Buffalo Bills. But the fact that it's on the offensive side of the ball tells you that this is about Josh Allen. A lot of this is about what we're seeing from Josh Allen. So I want to kind of paint the picture of Josh Allen right now. (laughs) 
He became their franchise quarterback because he was so good at running and passing. Because he's now their franchise quarterback, they've limited the amount of runs. They've increased the amount of passes. CC has pointed out, I need him under 40 every game. He cannot get over 40 in terms of pass attempts. The average this season is 35 pass attempts per game and 4.8 runs per game. This is for the quarterback in Josh Allen. If I subtracted, let's just do five, guys. Let's take five passes away and made it 30, and I added five runs and made it 10 total. Okay? What would their record be? They're five and five right now. I'm just subtracting five passes and I'm adding five runs. You think they'd have another win? One. I'm asking for one more win. If his averages were close to probably what they were prior to this, yeah. When he was peak, becoming peak, peak Brian Dable, 2020. Yeah, when yeah. he was become because you know what's interesting. Just to spin it uh, to your team for a second of the Giants. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> But one of the reasons that people were excited wow. about Brian Dayball to the Giants and be, was because Daniel Jones actually is a good runner of the football. They're like, oh, well, he could do what he did with Josh Allen with Jones, yeah. much smaller physical build, but he's good getting the quarterback to move. The quarterback currently doesn't move in Buffalo, and I think that's part of the problem. I'm not saying that's Ken Dorsey's fault, even though I thought it was obvious they were going to fire Ken Dorsey, and Joe Brady, the guy they replaced him with, was once the hottest assistant coach out there. It was Burroughs' offensive coordinator or passing game coordinator at LSU. Goes yep. to Carolina, was a disaster. Mm-hmm. But somebody's doing the math wrong, I think, on this season. Well, listen, everybody in the organization has talked about Josh Allen needing to change the way he plays, and they assume that that means not using Josh Allen as a runner or at least having the threat of Josh Allen to run. And I would contend that it's not about the design runs for Josh Allen. It's about Josh Allen knowing when the journey's over and knowing when to get his ass down so he doesn't get hit by the defense, so he doesn't get the career knocked out of him like we saw with Cam Newton. It's not about the quarterback not being a runner. Jalen Hurts is a runner, but you see Jalen Hurts slide, and you see Jalen Hurts get out of bounds. And that's where Josh Allen needed to clean that up. That's where he needed to be smarter. So, you know, when they talk about him needing to change his game, I thought that should have been the approach rather than eliminating the design runs altogether. But we saw it in that Bucks game. When you have the design runs, it changes the defense's approach. But listen, when you take bullets out of the gun, like the design quarterback runs, it makes the job a lot harder for Ken Dorsey to eliminate the turnover-worthy plays, and that's probably what ultimately ended up getting them clipped. But here's the thing. Now that he's gone, there are no more fall guys for Sean McDermott. Leslie Frazier was gone this offseason. That was their defensive coordinator. Now we got Ken Dorsey being fired. The next person to be fired is Sean McDermott because you know what Buffalo just told us as an organization? It's all about the quarterback. We're married to him for better or for worse. And if you're the head coach, you better make it for better. Otherwise, we're going to get rid of you and get somebody in here that can figure it out. Two things on this. Number one, if you made me bet a dollar right now, shout out to ESPN Bet. Great first night last night. The promotion is awesome. The color scheme, as Joe Fortenbaugh said, awesome. And shout out to J.J. McCarthy of Michigan. Great job by you uh, promoting bet. That was obviously what he was referring to. Uh, It was ESPN Bet. Uh, But if I had to bet a dollar right now, I would bet a dollar that neither Sean McDermott nor Steph Diggs are with the Bills next year. If I had to bet one dollar right now, I would say neither one of them are with the Bills next year and that Josh Allen is the only one left with that team of that court. The second thing is, you just brought up something that is so interesting that I've never heard anybody bring up that I want you to go further on. What you're saying about Josh Allen is not not to run. Is that instead of going for a 10-yard run, go for a 9-yard run. The extra yard at times is what gets you hurt. Yeah, but here's the thing. Sometimes going for that spectacular throw is going to get in the way of a positive gain. You ever heard the phrase, you don't go broke taking a profit? 
That's something that you need to figure out. Like Tom Brady was giving advice to, to Josh Allen a few weeks ago, and he was saying, yeah, a part of playing the quarterback position is risk mitigation. Singles and not, and not, doubles not, and not just risk in terms of turning the football over, but risk to bodily harm. Yeah. Because guess what? We saw Josh Allen get hurt last year with the elbow injury, and even though he didn't miss any games, he still wasn't the same player, and Buffalo suffered as a result. So you have to take care of yourself because the hopes and dreams of the football team lay on your shoulders. And so I guess that's the part of the job that Josh Allen hasn't figured out yet. And until he grows up, until he matures in that regard, Buffalo is always going to be one of those teams that we're saying underachieves based on the potential, based on the talent that's on the roster. But it's so frustrating because by taking care of himself and protecting himself in that way, he's altering his game and therefore not taking care of the football. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? It hasn't translated into what they hoped that it would by trying to alter his game and who he is. I know we've been saying don't compare to Mahomes, but Mahomes, the evolution of his game is he went from just trying to hit home runs to hit singles and doubles and now he can hit home runs triples singles doubles singles. he ain't hitting no home runs right now he ain't got well, home run hitters well you get what i'm saying <laughs> he has the ability to do that yeah. and you can win hitting singles and doubles and that's no the doubt. point with no josh doubt. allen that i think you're making that is an awesome one coming up he didn't actually say no did he we'll get to that next it's unsportsmanlike on espn radio Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So college football, obviously hot right now for multiple reasons. College football playoff, we got Georgia number one in the latest rankings last night, as seen on ESPN. We also have the Michigan situation going on with the latest or the newest hearing, I guess, to be Friday morning yep. with Jim Harbaugh. So we've got that. We also have hot stove season, kind of, with the job <laughs> openings. And Texas A&M was the first big one to get open, right? They fired Jimbo Fisher. They pay him $76 million to walk away. Not bad. And Stephen A. Smith, on first take on ESPN, threw out a great suggestion. Hey, take a look at Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders obviously has been unbelievable in terms of the attention, the buzz, going to Colorado. He's proven to some extent, to be fair, that he can coach. Not to the Nick Saban, Kirby Smart level, but he's proven to some extent he can coach. He's not a figurehead coach. No. Right? Not at all. So Dion, of course, yesterday at his press conference with Colorado, was asked about Stephen A.'s suggestion about the Texas A&M vacancy. I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to win. I want to win a game. So you think I, I really do sit down and think about that kind of stuff? Like what, what strikes me about that, about myself, that you guys really think I sit down and say, ah, oh, yeah, Stevie, they, yeah. Like, come on. Come on, I'm good. Like, uh, we got to win. Let's, let's focus on this week when we play Friday so we lose a day of, of practice. So we got to focus. 
All right, he may not be good, good, but he's good is what he said there. Now, he also had a back and forth, I see you laughing, uh, with a reporter about whether or not the parents may be concerned about the rumors about Dion leaving, the parents of the players, Dion leaving Colorado. When you don't care about the noise for us wherever else, but when but parents do, they hear it. When they come to you and what, say... What, what, what parents have heard it that you know of? That parents have, who have ex, I would imagine. Have come to me. I mean, you, you're making an assumption. I, I want to know what assumption. parents have come. Have any come to you? Mm-mm. Do they say to you, what would you say to them that they said, are you going to coach my kid? Are you going to be here in two, three years to coach my kid? What do you tell them? (laughs) I tell them what I told them when they came. I'm here. I'm here. I I tell them my mother's here. My sister's here. My dog is here. My daughter's here. Both three of my sons are here. My other daughter comes during every home game. We're here. I get mail here. (laughs) I claim taxes here. I pay taxes here. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I don't hear that. I don't, I, don't, I don't hear that. Maybe our recruiting staff hears it, but I, I don't hear it. I'm too honest not, you know, with parents, and I'm, I'm going to tell them the truth. Okay, so um, not surprisingly, Dion, a master with words, um, he never really denied it, did he? Well, he's not going to take something off the board, right? Because all of a sudden you're, you're losing leverage when it comes to potentially renegotiating your contract. And the one thing I can say, it's a tremendous opportunity for Dion to jump up into the Power 5 ranks and to coach at Colorado. I can also simultaneously say in the same breath that Dion is undervalued in terms of what he's paid based on what he brings to Colorado football, how much revenue he generates. They're talking about he generates nearly $300 million for the Colorado Athletic department. So, like, when you have somebody that that generates that kind of value, I mean, you 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 got to make sure that that person is taken care of. And and what we've seen from coaches now is that they'll use vacancies elsewhere in order to up their current salaries with their respective universities and colleges. So, I I, I don't think Dion is going to jump to Texas A and M because. Coaches that make that leap, even though the check looks good, don't necessarily have the kind of success that everybody expects them to. So I think Dion is good right there because the, the expectations are relatively low in comparison to other you know, high-profile Power 5 jobs, and I'm not necessarily sure that he's ready to make that kind of leap just yet. But when he is ready to make that leap, he can jump wherever he wants because no he is – a, such a spark plug, and he is such a figure in college football, and he, he's got the recruiting down. He's certainly got the relevance portion of this down. He just needs to do more winning. But I imagine that a lot of SEC schools are going to look at the person that Dion is and simultaneously the coach he is, and he's going to be someone that's desirable for a long time. But when Ross Bjork, the AD from Texas A&M, was talking about why they decided to part ways with Jimbo Fisher, he said the assessment that he had was that we weren't reaching our full potential. Okay, we're not in the championship conversation. Something wasn't going right with the direction and the plan, and that we should be relevant on the national scene. And when you say those words, we should be relevant on the national scene, I know my mind jumps to, and I'm sure most people's minds jump to Deion Sanders, because who is more relevant on the national scene right now than Deion? He's it. I mean, maybe Jim Harbaugh. Just Harbaugh, but who, for the wrong reason. in the reasons. news for yeah. a different reason. Yeah. But if you want to be relevant, Jim Harbaugh, or excuse me, Deion Sanders is your guy. So if I'm Deion, that's not a job that's attractive to me. And the reason I say that is for multiple reasons. One. 
Deion Sanders has done things his entire life his way. Here's how I view this to happen, and I'm going to be successful. And by the way, he's been damn right about all of it. He had a way of playing baseball, major leagues, a way of playing football, offense, defense, special teams, one of the greatest football players to ever live, a way of broadcasting. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be personality-based. Went to all the way up to the NFL Network, CBS, all different places, right? And he has a way of coaching. I'm going to start at Historically Black College, Jackson State, and I'm going to go to Colorado. So where I would go if I'm Dion, if he wants that next step, that bigger job, I need to go somewhere where I can do things my way, and my way is so much better than any way that's ever been. I'd go to a basketball school. I know that sounds crazy. Less interference. If Duke opens, if North Carolina opens, UCLA may be open. I'd look at a school that is primarily focused on the other sport, and they say, Dion, do whatever you want. Because we want you to make us as relevant as the other thing. There would be too many cooks in the kitchen at Texas A&M. I would have no interest in that if I'm him. No, I don't know that he's got to go to a basketball school, though. I think it's about going to a place that's going to give him carte blanche and let him be him. And to your point, with everything going on at Texas A&M, I don't know if that's necessarily the place. And if you look at the history of their coaches, those guys don't usually stay there very long. I mean, Kevin Sumlin came there from Houston with a lot of fanfare. He spent six seasons there. Had six winning seasons, went to a bowl game every year, and they fired him. Like, it's, it's, it's a hard place to stick around. I mean, Jimbo Fisher, one of five active coaches to have a national championship on his resume, and they fired him after having season after season of top ten recruiting classes. It's a hard place to win. It's a hard place to satisfy the, the people in the athletic department, the alumni, you know, all of the people that are involved with making these consequential decisions about who runs the program. So I just I don't know that Texas A&M is the right job for Dion, especially in this time and space. I think Dion needs to stay in that Colorado incubator because he's got something good growing right there yeah. and then find a more uh, – I guess find a more – positioned program where he can you know, be accentuated, where he can be highlighted. I, I just don't think Texas A&M is that place. But for him to leave Colorado, and he seemingly really does love it there. He loves what has been able to transpire there in such a short amount of time. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does stay there. But for him to leave, obviously the money's going to be right, whoever no comes for him. They no know that the check's going to have to be correct. But I, I view it as what would be enough for him to leave? Well, taking an, an, a perceived step up in the college football ranks. So what does that look like? The Big Ten, the SEC, those are considered to be more coveted jobs, sure. right? And so I would imagine that that – as a competitor for Dion to be able to steadily climb up the ranks of college football has to be an enticing option. You for think about how crazy that is, though. We're saying that Texas A&M for sure want Dion Sanders, but Dion Sanders shouldn't want Texas because A&M. he can't be himself. Like that's that's the thing. Like it's just yeah. like it's like a, they're going to pay Jimbo Fisher seventy six million dollars to go away. Yeah. What about that sounds functional to you? Nothing. It's dysfunctional. Of course, it we is. haven't seen a coach have stability there. Arguably since R.C. Slocum, and that was 20 years ago. <laughs> so, I mean, like, uh, like, there's nothing about that job that seems appetizing. It doesn't seem like it's a situation that you would want to step into. What it feels like is a money grab. We're just going to throw a bag of cash at a candidate and hope that they can come save us. But we want them to save us. With our input, with our involvement. That's why I'm saying it doesn't they're, make sense. They're for the him. Dallas Cowboys of college football. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. I'm with giving the, you an oh, answer. With the UCLA. owner overstepping all the time. UCLA. That's a really good if comp. They, if they get rid of Chip Kelly, which there's all kinds of rumors they're going to get rid of Chip Kelly, it's an LA school playing in the Big Ten, Dion in LA. They're more focused on basketball. UCLA don't pay coaches, though. 
I'm, that's coaches. that to they me don't. would be that's way more attractive than Texas. Well, yeah, though. living in, living in LA is absolutely way more attractive than living in Colorado or College Station. So, but but they don't pay coaches, so I don't know. Like Dion's next job, he's going to get the bag. He's going to be one yeah. of highest paid coaches in college football. Hell, he might be one of the highest paid coaches in college football after this year. I'll throw a curveball at you, okay? A curveball. I know this goes against what What's I just up? said, but I'm going to throw a curveball at you. He has a little bit of, I think, bitterness towards his school in Florida State that they never looked at him. What if Florida opens up? What if Billy Napier doesn't make it at Florida? That'd be such yeah, that's, a good... that's, a, that's a short runway for Billy Napier, though, isn't it? Well, but that's if you could get Dion turn, and you're Florida? Turn. Oh, I don't, I'm not suggesting he should yeah, be fired. Say, that's not yeah, what I'm suggesting. Say, okay. I'm suggesting that I know the state. You all know the state of Florida college football fan yeah. uh, better than anybody in the country. Like They love their college football. Love it. Or equal to it. Just saying. Could you imagine Dion in the state of Florida? Back in the state of Florida? That would be spicy. Yeah, I'm just I saying. I mean, Dion in Texas, too. I mean. Oh, Dion yeah. In Texas. Well, and, and that's the thing about Texas A&M. Yes, it's dysfunctional. And on the surface, we can see all of the warts and why it might not be as attractive of a job. But what about Colorado was really that attractive? They had one win. He had to overhaul the entire program. We did not think that he was going to be able to come on the scene and make them as relevant as they were out of the gate and have the amount of success that they had out of the gate. So for Dion, he He's probably looking at any situation and saying, I'm Deion Sanders. I'm Coach Prime. I can turn it around. Some of the most unbelievable news about two football players you'll ever hear. We'll get to that coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. The Philly cheesesteak in Philadelphia, overrated. The whole cheese whiz thing, I'm all the way out on, man. I don't, I don't rock with that. Like, I, it's got to be provolone with the sautéed onions and mushrooms. Like, I, you know, if you want to go with some peppers in there too, okay, cool. But when you start going with the whole cheese whiz thing, like that, that fake cheese, I can't get on board with that. It is unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. So uh, you heard CeCe there talking about cheesesteak in Philadelphia, yeah. right? That's what it's known for. New York, food-wise, known for? Pizza. Pizza. And bagels. And bagels. Good one. Yeah. So if you were someone that were to move to New York, and you were someone that would have a nice, healthy salary, 
and you could afford to go out to eat whenever you want, and you moved to New York in 2021 or 2022, and we are now at the latter half of 2023, one would think that you've tried the delicacy of the town that you're in. Well, New York Jets cornerback Sauce Gardner yesterday tweeted I am uh, at I am Sauce Gardner. I just tried New York pizza for the first time. It's fire. I think there's an argument that he should be cut. <laughs> How can you wait this long to try New York pizza? And he's saying because he's from the Detroit area and that he's used to Detroit-style pizza, et cetera, et cetera. How is it humanly possible that you can wait this long to try New York-style pizza? People are loyalists, man. I mean, listen, people from Detroit, people from Chicago, they're about their style of pizza. They're not about New York pizza. They think our pizza is ridiculous. And I would make the argument that their pizza is ridiculous. But, I mean, that's that's what it is. There are dividing lines with this thing. So there's a part of me that appreciates where Sauce Gardner is coming from because he's he's true to his roots. I, I don't have a problem with him you know, waiting a couple of years before he's open to trying New York pizza. I think this is him basically embracing the fact that he is now a New Yorker, which is a good thing because I'm sure Jets fans are going to want him around a really long time because he's really good at football. He's really, really good at football. But I still think that's no excuse for him to not have New York pizza up until this point. I know that he's loyal to Detroit. I love people that ride hard for their city. I appreciate that. But to really think that your delicacy is the best, don't you have to scout the opposition? Don't you have to have the New York-style pizza in order to determine if Detroit-style pizza is on the level that you think it is? But if if yours is good, though, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But if yours is good, why do I need to investigate somebody else's? Because theirs could be great, and then I need to go back to the three one third and say, "Hey, listen, we need to make some tweaks here and there." Nah, they, they, nobody from Detroit is going back down on their style of pizza. <laughs> well, imagine, just like people in Chicago ain't going back down from deep dish. It's it, just what it is. It's lasagna. Can you imagine? Okay, play out play out a couple of things. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts comes out and says, "I've yeah. never." Jalen Hurts says, "I've never had a cheesesteak, a Philly cheesesteak." Justin Fields says, "I've never had Chicago deep dish pizza." I'm sorry, what? Like, you have to have that. But now, there's an either-or on this, okay? There's two. Which one is worse? So you got the New Yorker now never having New York-style pizza until today. Well, how about Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams, who yesterday put out there that he likes to put his Oreo McFlurry on his cheeseburger. What? As, As a topping. An Oreo McFlurry on a cheeseburger as a topping. Smalls, which one is worse? So I can't rip JMO because he's an STL guy, and uh, you know we want to stay loyal to our own, just like Sauce Gardner. Uh, but I can't rock with this. Uh, but I, I'm never going to shame people for their food preferences. So if this is what JMO likes, good for him. Sauce Gardner has no excuse to not try the pizza up until this point. You would think that that would be his name Sauce. Yeah, you think that that would be on the hit list of things to do once you become a New Yorker or once you move to the New York, New Jersey area, close to number one on the list. I can't, I can't roll with that. You got to try the pizza. You, you gave the Jalen Hurts example. Do you not remember Jalen Hurts wearing an Astros hat? That is true. And, that and, was and, bad. And, and You're the right Phil- about and that. And the Phillies lost yeah, to the was, Astros yeah. in the World Series? That was yeah. brutal. I don't think they give a damn about him not having a cheesesteak. I guess you play that <laughs> way. <now. laughs> right? Yeah, but you know what? He's theirs now. Exactly. He's theirs Listen, now. If but you play well, it's okay. He's we'll forgive now. you. You don't have to have the cheesesteak. You don't even have to root for the baseball team. If you keep taking <laughs> us to Super Bowls, we all born with it, dog. That's right. Just like So if Justin Fields doesn't have deep dish Chicago pizza... That's probably another log on the fire for Bears fans because they don't want him around. He can't complete passes, and he's never had deep dish. Exactly. Well, which one's worse, the McFlurry on the cheeseburger or never having 
The pizza. Uh, the McFlurry on the cheeseburger. No, what? The McFlurry on the cheeseburger is disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. What is that? That's disgusting. I don't understand combining ice cream with, like, non-dessert things. A lot of people do it. Like, they dip fries well, in here's the thing. But here's delicious. the thing. The burger, fries, and shake is actually a thing. Like, right. there, are, yeah. there are fast food chains that have established themselves on burgers and shakes. Like, right. that's what they do. But it's just putting the shake on the burger before you eat it. You need some separation. I, I don't know about that. Well, yeah, separation of church and state. Let's yeah. talk I'm with you on that. logistics for a second. Here's my concern about the McFlurry on the burger. It, ice cream's going to melt. If the burger is hot, as you hope it would be right. when you get it, if you put the ice cream on it, it's going to melt, which means that your time spent eating has to be quick. You have to have a quick release when it comes to that. I hate because the soggy burger, it's, though. It's going to melt the soggy burger. all over the place. I hate soggy burger. No soggy burger. See, here's why I'm going to say that the not sauce one is worse. Okay, I agree with you. I would not want to eat what Jameson Williams put out there, yeah. but that's just weird for Jameson Williams. In my mind, Sauce Gardner insulted all of his fans. Sauce Gardner went at all fans. How did he insult them? He said it was good. He said it was good. But you have to have no, it. No, no, no. He now. said it was good. It's not. It's not insulting the fans. He's like, look, I didn't want to try it because I'm from Detroit, the three one third, and we have our own style of pizza. I like it. It's what I grew up on. So I wasn't open to trying New York style. I actually. You know what? Uh-oh, I actually uh-oh, respect uh-oh, it. Uh-oh. I appreciate it, though. Like, like, he's true to himself. Like, authenticity is the ultimate currency. He said, you know what? I'm Sauce Gardner. I don't want to try New York pizza because I love Detroit pizza. Your name it's is Sauce. That's the best part of the well, New York it pizza. Ain't like, it ain't like Detroit pizza ain't got sauce on it. But here's the thing. Like, it's Detroit versus everybody. We're always fighting. So, of course, I'm going to defend my hometown. I'm going to defend my pizza. But he tried New York pizza, and he said it's fire. What's the problem? 888 ESPN. 888-729-3776. It's a terrible take by you. <laughs> what this a is, surprise. This, this is a terrible take by you. Uh, Dr. Pepper. By the way, Smalls agrees with me. Dr. Pepper, call in line. Terrible take by both of you. No, you guys can not. get in. Which one? Which, in the bad food, take jar. which food move is worse? Is the Jameson Williams McFlurry on the cheeseburger worse than Sauce Gardner being a New Yorker now, never having New York pizza, or vice versa? 888-SAY-ESPN, number to be a part of the show. Do either one of you have weird eating habits? Yes, like Mc, all of them. A McFlurry on a hamburger is there something weird that you guys do with food or a combination that might be perceived okay. weird that you it, enjoy it's not that as much as just like you're not gonna i'm gonna say this and you're gonna be like what is wrong with you i love crystal light iced tea you know like the powdered iced you tea. would love crystal yeah. light. <laughs> i don't i don't put it in the fridge i have to have it at room temperature i do That's not weird. like cold drinks i like room temperature drinks See, i will i will drink like water so you're european you don't like ice yeah basically I, well, no, I would put ice in and drink, but separately, I don't like refrigerated drinks. I like it room temperature. It's very odd. So that's, there you go. That's He's a sociopath. <laughs> Let me slide. On a that's hot not, day, yeah, that's not weird at yeah, all. Yeah, that's 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 normal. Normal. Yeah, exactly. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. I think we're done. Yes, maybe. No. Oh, no, we're uh, done. I, sorry, I thought I had five seconds. You don't think that's weird at all, wow. Pat? Thank you. No, it's very normal. Now I think it's weird. Even in the summertime? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. No, it's weird. It's weird. 888-SAY-ESPN. Which food take is worse? We'll get your calls in coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.